Well, that was so exciting because my dog got all excited and came outside. <laughs> I was meditating this morning doing that and he uh, couldn't, he just got all excited. So maybe he, he loves when we do that. Well, I'll tell you, that was interesting. I, it was so helpful that you told me where to place those things in my body. Um, because before we started, we were talking a little bit about, you know, what does it feel like? How does it feel to be different when you're embodied, when you're shifting the context from like earth to air? Um, yeah. And so uh, that was a really nice exercise for, especially when you told me where to place those in my body. Um, how it feels different than when I connect to earth and earth is moving through my body or that's what's channeling. That's what I'm kind of breathing in and breathing out. Um, yeah, yeah that was, that was, yeah, I'd like to do that again. I'm going to, I'm going to practice that this week. It's, it's, I like it. It's, I think it's a, there's always something about sound and, uh, resonance, uh, that, um, lights something up lights me up somehow yeah well it when you move things to different parts of yourself uh it creates the shift yeah yeah for sure yeah so all of the all of you who are listening if you have a practice or if you're interested in toning um uh, give it a shot and see what it does for you um, cause that, that was different. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, welcome to Web of Resonance. Uh, right. Welcome to Web of Resonance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Teresa Carmody with Elemental Journeys. And I am Ken Edwards, uh, the Rune Walker. Um, yeah, we jumped right in. That was fantastic. My, and my dog, Cody, loves to be part of the uh, episode two. I I want to. So we'll hear know. him Love. a little bit in the back, adding his voice to our toning. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not an EVP, people. It's just Cody the dog. Just Cody <laughs> the dog. Um, I I have to tell you though, I uh, an update from the last episode. I believe when we were talking about uh, my name and what it means. Yeah. Um, I did some some more digging, and I uh. It was interesting because I actually didn't know that Kenneth, um, yes, means comely or handsome. So I wasn't kidding, but uh, is an anglicized version of a Gaelic name. And uh, there's a like, I think the first king of Scotland, <laughs> uh, 
his has this the, the same name and it's uh uh i believe c o i n n e a c h t or something yeah, so it's like conuck conuck yeah. yeah and uh there's a i think a, a more modern one is c a i n um and then there's an older version as well that goes back um and that's where the fireborn uh meaning comes into the the name too um so uh yeah i've been playing with uh that's maybe a weird term i've been uh investigating or like wandering with that um over the last uh week or so and um the funny thing about that is that a couple probably a month and a half ago i was playing you know playing with the name thing and um the one thing i had looked at one name was um cain like cain and abel right and when I found that Canacht uh, in the Irish Gaelic was C-A-I-N, I showed it to Tati. I was like, oh, my God, look. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, remember when we-? he's like, yes, I know what you're talking about. You don't have to mansplain it to me. I already know. <laughs> so I just thought it was a really interesting uh, and cool. Uh, what do we call those? Synchronicities. Yeah. Uh, synchronicity. And uh, yeah, so. That I had to update people on that because that was something I was excited about. Yeah, well, names are names are really interesting. I've had actually. Uh, it's funny that you're talk bringing that up again because in uh, the last couple of weeks, there have been two different people in my life who've been talking about that they're curious about uh, creating a new name for themselves. And kind of trying to discover how would they find their name? What is the name that really feels like um, uh, that it holds who they are? Yeah. And uh, so it started me on this whole journey about how interesting it is that uh, when it comes to names, like when a baby is born, we don't typically wait to get to know the child to see who they are and what name emerges from them. It's like the parents uh, give them a name and it may or may not fit them well. Yep. Yeah. Like, oh, I think her name should be Judy. Why do I want to call her Judy? Yeah. It's Judy. She should be a Judy. Yeah. I think, uh, I think going along with that, like, uh, you know, filling the shoes or <laughs> fitting the name. Uh, the concept too, for me, when we talked about my tattoos is, uh, I think in the last couple of weeks, the fact that now that they're there <laughs> um, and realizing that um, they were there before, you know, I really understood growing into it and it's, I'm still understanding in fact, I had somebody ask me yesterday, you know, I really love the red one on your eye. What does it mean? And I'm like, I I, I don't know. Still discovering that one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just know that it was supposed to come out. So the interesting uh, thing for me with that is taking on uh, a Gaelic name, uh, even though it's, you know, just a pre-Anglicized Kenneth, uh, feels so... Um, Ooh, my whole body just shivered. Uh, uh, yeah, like my whole body lit up. Uh, so it feels very much like I don't necessarily know what taking that on 
would mean, but there is something special and important about taking on uh, the Gaelic version of my name uh, that's pre-Christian, that is a, a way of uh, um, not, well, yeah, it's a way of, of connecting back to that and also a way of, of honoring that. And also another, another version of me kind of maybe not shedding, but um, working through uh, accepting and then kind of letting go of some of the, the Christian and not just Christianity, but the whole world Christianity formed. Well, and I think also the idea of an external um, source uh, dictating what a name means. I mean, even, you know, we started with Tony and that takes me back to, you know, uh, even in the Christian myth, uh, the idea that uh, God created all that is through word and the power of the word and that there is something, whenever I do any kind of toning or pranayama, there is something very transformative about how sound and air moves through the body. It can alter mm -hmm. your state of consciousness. Yep. And so if all of our words are a production of an energetic, then... Um, you know, how can we tap into the more elemental uh, nuance of the tone of how we articulate verbal expression? Yeah, that's a great question because one of the, I had done a little reading for myself about a certain situation that the topic is not important, but the, uh, I did a little card spread. So the center card is, you know, what's the, what's the main topic or the main um, cause of the, the question, the, the, the nature of it uh, to the left is what not to do. And to the right is what to do, which I love. Cause then it, you know, uh, kind of tells me, yeah, don't do that. That doesn't work. Um, <laughs> or don't try it. It's not going to work. So <clears throat> the, so the funny thing was the, the question was like the nature of it became, um, you know, you're working with, this is the type of person you're working with. Uh, and so understanding that helps me understand the nature of what's happening. Uh, what not to do was to, like, don't yell louder. Like if you're not being heard, don't try to yell over the crowd of people because it's not going to work. Um, what I got to do was the magician. And uh, I felt like very much it was about um, understanding and working on an energetic field even more uh, in terms of what I need to have happen in that situation. But now that we're talking about toning too, um, it's, that's like the second step, right? Like we, just because I'm toning doesn't necessarily mean that what I'm mm, intonating is because of the intention or the energy or the magic that I'm trying to weave or the energy that I'm trying to uh, create. Uh, so really being in touch with the intent and uh, the structure of what you're trying to create and then allowing that to just come out of you in a tone or a beat or a dance or, or, or whatever um, is, uh, has been super 
prevalent in in my readings and in my life as of late. So here's the question that uh, is coming to me as you're speaking. Um, what if we threw our tools for um, now that we're in the element of air, how do we connect with the element of air that when we set an intention, that intention then connects with that element to move through us so that our words are like casting spells, that, that the words that we are using uh, even if this isn't about like intellectually connecting to the word, it feels more like, like where I'm connected to the energetic is deep in my belly. And I'm asking it from the connection and from the desire, from that root source to rise up through me and that the words to spill out are the ones that uh, best express uh, that fire in my belly. Yeah. Do you like that? Yes. That I'm seems really, so really vague, um, but um, but it feels to me more like it's this is how you shift into how you work in the context of air. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's try it. We're just at the beginning of air, so I, I have a feeling that um, that this might just be the beginning. Well, and let's be honest, I'm full of hot air, so. Uh, we both are, hon. That might just, yeah, be what, what it takes. Is It's why we had a podcast. <laughs> right, that's true. That's very true. So true. It wasn't enough just for us to hang out as friends and chat. We needed to record it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like put it out there on the airwaves. Right. <laughs> All right. So I think this is about how the words get formed by the intention in the belly. Hmm. All right. I got three cards. How do you feel? Uh, what do you feel like is your spread or lineup or how are you seeing them uh, being laid out? Well, it's interesting because you and I, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about uh, land, sea, and sky. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in the Celtic tradition, that is the three worlds, much like a Native American tradition. It's underworld, middle world, upper world. Um, <clears throat> and so the elements exist in all three of those realms. And so a little bit for me, it's, it's not feeling so much like the three ways of knowing in my body, although mm -hmm. I think that those are connected to those realms. Um, so it feels a little bit about if all of those realms are now shifting into the element of air, what is the wisdom of how does each, um, how does each realm change when the season is also changing? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So I think uh, this is about how do you shift into the context of air uh, in the three realms of land, sea, and sky? Okay. Yeah. Are you ready for him? Yes. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love, I just love the, the extra hmm, at the end, the, hmm, at the end, because it's very quizzical. It's like, hmm, well, I didn't expect that happening. Hmm. Well, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I think that might actually be part of the message because, you know, usually when we, when I flip my cards, I'm like, oh, I see exactly how this is connected with what I just asked or what we're going for. Um, and it's funny because what we actually asked is to help us develop a whole new perspective. And so, of course, I'm looking at my cards going, hmm, what are you actually trying to say to me? <laughs> um, so I'll tell you what the cards were. And then perhaps, uh, perhaps that, you know, what are you trying to say to me in a shifting context will come. Um, okay. <clears throat> the card in the C uh, realm uh, are, we've had this card before. It's uh, two fair standing in front of an apple tree and they're picking apples off of the tree. Um, yes. So they're harvesting uh, and they are harvesting something that is fruitful, bountiful um, and is food for them. Uh, so that to me feels like... Um, don't forget to, um, there's something about to be able to intone one's deepest desire, to be able to give voice to uh, what originates kind of in the belly or under the sea. Um, it's about don't forget to feed that part of you. Don't forget to pay attention to that part of you. This is, it almost feels like this is the well. Even though we're in the element of air, you still need to draw deeply from the well in order to uh, give voice to what comes from there. Yeah. Uh, the middle card I got, which would be the land card, is the Eight of Pentacles. And the picture on this card is this is a fire god. There's just no question about it. He's standing in the flames. Um, there's something very uh, brigade about him uh, mm -hmm. because he literally, he looks to me like he's standing in the forge. He does have these uh, metal pliers and he's holding a golden coin. So he's not just putting the golden coin in the forge to be able to craft it. He actually is in the forge. Uh, it's almost like he's going into the forge to pick out the um, some kind of material that will come back with him into his realm of existence so that uh, he can kind of shape and mold it. Um, so because this is the land uh, position, um, I think that uh, I'm not quite sure how I would relate to that, but there's something about going deeply within, going into the fire within. And instead of going with an idea of this is what I want to craft and I'm bringing something from the external world into that fire to be crafted, it's almost like everything that you need, the material is already there within your body. You just need to go to the place and pick something that then comes out. Did mm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then the final card uh, actually is the card that makes the most sense to me of all three cards. Um, so this card is in uh, the place of sky. And uh, the picture on the card is a fae on a sunny day. Um, she is wearing some kind of like crown of ivy, I want to say. 
but out of the ivy, instead of like flowers coming, there's four blue butterfly. And so they are kind of emerging and just taking to the sky. Uh, that to me almost explains all the other cards uh, because when I go deeply into um, the message, like a spirit animal message of butterfly, it's always about you can't find your wings until you go deeply into yourself. You lose the form that you were attached to when you know to be who you are. You become uh, this um, just soup and then allow yourself to start to coagulate and take a new form. And then when you emerge, you're actually moving from uh, the caterpillar who is definitely very grounded and moves along the earth element into taking flight. Yeah. Um, one of what I'm, uh, seeing, uh, was that, <clears throat> excuse me, when we talked about this, the card for the sea, the two fey harvesting apples, um, I believe it, it was last autumn. And we were talking about, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no apples on the ground, right? Like they've collected all the apples. There's nothing left for the earth. Right. Kind of thing. So right, the right. interesting thing uh, for me is when I'm looking at this, it's um, so taking the things that we harvested last year, putting them into the forge, and then they create something for this year. So it's a really huge connection about... Um, uh, for me, like the, I'm seeing the things that it's not just we harvested and we're ending. And now what do I want to do for this year? It's very much continual and pulling yes. from one into the next. Um, and, uh, kind of taking that ride on, on the whole thing too. I think that was an interesting visual for me. Yeah. Which is also very synergistic with what our last few episodes have been about, you know, coming into the new year and how do you draw from the past? And it's not that you completely cut yourself off from the past and start with a new slate. It's what you harvested in the past now becomes the raw material for what will be new in the coming future. Yes. So there is, there is a connection um, but it's, a, but the connection is an energetic one, not one of form. The form changes completely. The energetic, uh, is a continuation. Yeah. Such a, again, speaking to the cycle, it's a cycle. Yeah. It's, we, we kind of forget it's a cycle. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think probably pagans tend to keep it that on the more of the forefront, but I think a lot of the, the majority of the population forget that we're in a cycle. <laughs> oh, yeah. nope. This is the beginning. This is the end. This is the beginning. This is the end. Well, I keep hearing you are what you eat. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea of that is, you know, whatever you consume is going to break down in your body and nourish and feed your body. And so, um, you know, whatever you're eating, that is what you are fueling yourself. You can, you can only create from that because that's what, that's the fuel source you've given yourself. So, uh, when you, when, when we were talking about this a minute ago, I, it took me back and this actually happened to me the other day too. I, uh, remember when I was in Ireland, um, not last year, but the year before yep. and I told you that. I was driving down the road. No one else is in the car and I'm having a conversation with the Fae. I know I sound a little crazy, but 
Uh, and <laughs> they to told me, me they had it. Right. So you're on board. This is great. I'm on board. Uh, they told me they had a nickname for me and I asked them what it was. And they said, and they spelled it for me. Uh, it was in Irish. They spelled it Gaelic. They uh, spelled it for me. And then when I got to a stopping place where I had service, I looked up, I spelled it out on Google, looked it up and it actually means the stomach. So super, uh, I think it's really an interest that's been coming up lately, but I think it's really interesting because it fits into the energetic of this as well. It's like what you're taking in, you know, the stomach digests it and then pushes it out in, in, in the form of energy into the body. Um, but, uh, it's a. It's interesting because over this past year, over this past uh, transition since autumn into here, and I and I had talked about the fact that moving here and like staying there was like feeling like finishing things and not just allowing for um, a lot of things to trail and you know be pulled along by me, but kind of finishing things. Uh, it's, it's shedding different perspective into the, the intricacies of, um, that concept of not, not completely finishing things, but making sure that you pull them all in, not cut them off, pull them in, digest them and allow that energy to be what pushes you forward and, and manifesting different things. Well, I think you're talking about what is the process of digestion. I keep seeing that caterpillar, the goopy substance it becomes, um, is the energy that it fed upon and the leaves it fed upon when it was a caterpillar eating that. And that, um, you know, when we eat digestion, um, it breaks things down so that the body is now nourished and has life, but it also separates energy that is not useful to the body. And that's waste that we expel. Yes. So there's a sorting that happens in digesting, which is, Um, you know, if you get too aligned with harvest means letting things die and, you know, maybe that's why these fae don't have any apples on the ground is that they haven't processed them yet to be able to give back to the earth. Um, and, um, and that that's part of the transition that needs to occur is that it's not a completely cutting away of what's dead or a completely consuming, there's a sorting that needs to happen in order to become the butterfly. What do you choose to actually, when you're digesting, what do you choose to nourish and give life to in your body? And what do you choose as waste to completely let go of so that it doesn't, um, because it has no place in the thing you're trying to create? Yeah. Really interesting as we're, you know, we've just um, passed in bulk in the time of the first budding and, you know, we're kind of now going into the planting uh, season, uh, not only <laughs> literally, uh, but figuratively uh, or figuratively, but literally. Uh, and before you plant those seeds, really taking a look at um, at all of these questions, all of these things. Yeah. So what room did you get? 
All right. So I don't know. They're in my hand. Okay. <laughs> um, I pulled them. And um, I, let's see. If I shake them up in my hand and we cast them. <laughs> okay, so there were five actually. Okay. Um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, the interesting thing I find is that four four of them are face up. One of them is face down. The one that is face down is Wunyo, and it's the rune of joy. But I, I it's also the rune of connecting to divinity, and mm -hmm. it looks like a flag at the top of a pole. So uh, I also um, and deity. Uh, but I, I see that as very much a, a connecting to the sky, a connecting to the upper realms. <laughs> um, <clears throat> rune. So yeah. the fact that that's kind of the underlying current. Yeah. Okay. That, that works. So um, what I'm, what I'm getting. Uh, so the runes that the one that came closest to me is Quarth. So that's the rune of fire. Uh, but fire being uh, an all-consuming transformation, instantaneous. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also have uh, so, manas. Focus. That's also focused, right? So it's not, it's not uh, widespread. It's like really focused, and what I am burning is going to be completely consumed. Uh, completely. It's very much like uh, you know cremation. So uh, intense fire burning flame it doesn't matter if it hurts um and all that's left is bone and ash right so it's okay. very much transformative um and uh, in that respect i can definitely see uh with this in relation to the question how do i work with air it uh it really is using my fire to take uh I call it mine, uh, using fire uh, to transform things to put them into the air because you've consumed right. that. It's yeah. left with dust and ash, but the spirit of it or the smoke goes up into the air and then, um, you know, dissipates. So, uh, and floats on the jet streams. That's um, funny. I've been smudging the hell out of my house and myself lately. And there's been something about the smoke that, um, uh, you know, I've been smudging enough that I'm breathing in a lot of smoke. And there, there's been something that's felt really good about that. Uh, I would absolutely agree with you in that. Yesterday, I burned incense for the first time uh, in my home. Uh, and I found a, stage, a sage stick uh, two days ago. And I, uh, when I was in Utah over the weekend... Uh, my goddaughter, uh, it was her first birthday, which was cute and great to be there for. After that, she got sick and we ended up having to take her to um, the hospital. And uh, I was working with uh, our mutual friends, Tate and Chris, on some energy work uh, for her while we were at the hospital. She was completely inconsolable. But the first thing that came to my mind is I said, I, I told Tate, I said, I need you to grab the honey rose cone incense. That's I've seen it. It's like sitting right here and burn it please be and i just knew that that needed to be part of of what happened yeah um so super we're yeah we're we're both i think um really tapped into that uh that concept so 
and that idea about us interacting with, how, you know, how do we interact with air? And it's really translating things into certain things into um, something that can actually be uh, caught on the waves or on the, the winds and taken. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it um, has to transform so that it actually can be uh, immersed in the air as opposed to, yeah, there's something about, like, the ash can blow away and be dispersed in the air. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and uh, <laughs> it's getting out of that mentality of, um, I am man, I control the earth, and it will do what I want it to do, <laughs> and it will interact with this because I'm telling it to interact. Like, you know, it's that whole immovable, uh, very, it will interact with me on my terms <laughs> instead of on its terms and collaboratively. Um, that's and a what, really and interesting. And what do I need to change in me in order to collaborate with the change that has just happened? Like yeah. when you're in the element of air, yeah, I go into a cave. I can often see myself. I, I'll shapeshift into a stone because I want the perspective of what does it feel like to be earth? It's slower moving. It's denser physical form. Um, it has a longer duration in a lot of ways. But when you become earth, you have to become a lot more uh dispersed and so like the ashes or the smoke that's rising into the air can i still find a sense of um of who i am even though my form is so radically changed but it has to change for me to be able to interact with air yes yeah and, and too i think sometimes even finding that part of you that's already there yes um uh, so it's it's about uh, for me about changing my awareness to what part of me already resonates with that. Yes. Uh, and yeah, um, I think. Huh. Well, uh, let me uh, move on to the other three. Yep. And then we'll see where my thought went. Okay. It jumped ship. Um, <laughs> I think it's funny that I used a water reference and I, that when we were talking about before about, you know, what question to ask, I kind of kept seeing, I see um, air and water. I saw them as very similar in the ability to be fluid. Yes. Um, and so we'll see kind of where that goes, but I, I'm still playing with that in my head. Well, um, I can tell you how I'm relating to that. There, there is something that happens for me when I walk the wheel that, um, you know, when we moved from the element of earth, it's directly across access is fire. And so there, it's almost like one is the active and one is the unconscious element. And the other two, there's a relationship there, but it's not so uh, partnered. And mm -hmm. so when you switch and you move into air, the opposite end of the axis is water. And so there's something about moving into the element of air that also activates water, but it's different than wa when water's in its primacy. Yeah. Well, um, so probably on a little bit too much of a scientific level, um, is hydrogen flammable? 
Yeah. So if you take water. It's uh, explosive, actually, I think. Yeah. So, so interesting. So you take water, you separate out the oxygen. So, you know, the, the, the fluidity of it, um, of the element of water, uh, shares some of the, uh, fluidity of air, um, in it. So I think that's maybe where I'm seeing it. And, uh, an interesting thing for me that I didn't, excuse me, think about until just now is that we take them and separate them. Hydrogen is very explosive. And, um, I've never made that. Um, that's an interesting thing for me to think about moving forward with fire uh, and the explosiveness and the, the flammability the, the, with that. So that's interesting. I'm going to have to sit with that one. Well, and within the element of water, then, if hydrogen is very explosive and very fiery, oxygen feeds fire. Right. And so when you have water, you have all of what you need for a huge explosion. And yet it is also the element that quiets and calms and puts out the fire. Yep. So we have all of the necessary tools within us. Ooh, I like that. Yes, young Padawan. <laughs> that, that's like my only Star Wars reference. I, I don't even know if I got it right. So who, I don't know who knows. I, I, I like Star Wars, but I would not say that I'm a fan uh, big enough to be able to let you know whether that was a correct reference or not. Right. And if I'm right, I, you are definitely not a Padawan, which is a, 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 like an apprentice. Oh. <laughs> like, so I was more talking to myself. Um, let's see. So, okay. So let's move on from being flammable. Okay. okay. <laughs> For a second. Uh, let's see. So the other three, uh, one um, is manas. So manas, um, I think in this situation, in this casting, um, hmm. you know, normally... Uh, I see in different readings, Manaz is a, a, a rune of social boundaries. Um, where are the boundaries? Um, also coming, excuse me, coming uh, into partnership, being your full self, uh, complete in and of yourself. But I have, it's been so fascinating. I have been seeing, um, and I've mentioned this before, I know I have, uh, it as a mirror and seeing yourself in the mirror. So um, I think in terms of, in some terms of this, it's really understanding too that uh, within this concept of, um, you know, how do we work with air? It, it is, you reflect the parts of air that are in you. Um, that's how you meet you, you come on equal ground. Like, I guess I just said about, uh, you know, we, we kind of expect people to, I'll use this one. You're in America, speak English, um, <laughs> type of thing where, where we expect and demand air to act on our level, but it's reef, it's realizing that, like we just said, those parts are in you and you just reflect that. And that's an easy way to connect with it 
um, by showing up in all of your complete airness. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Well, what keeps running through my head as you're talking is the Ballad of Tam, um, which is the story of uh, lovers in the human realm. And uh, Tam uh, goes into trance and crosses the line into the Fey realm. And of course, he eats what he is given, which is usually uh, people are cautioned not to eat in the Fey realm. He eats mm -hmm. what he's given, and uh, a Fey in that realm falls in love with him and wants to keep him in the Fey realm. Meanwhile, in the human realm, his lover is pining for him and searching for him. And he begins to miss her and his spirit calls out to her. And so she ventures into the realm of Fae in order to bring him back to the human realm. But what the Fae do is they hold this festival and they are spinning their magic where he's put on a white stallion and he has to race through uh, the countryside and this human lover needs to be able to rescue him from completing a circuit in order to bring him back to the human realm. And he gets close to her. She pulls him down off the horse and the Fae cast a spell where in her embrace, he starts to shapeshift. And the challenge is, can she continue to hold on to her lover because she recognizes his essence in every single form he takes. That if she lets go of him, he'll be lost to her forever and be part of the Fey realm. But if she can hang on to the recognition of his essence, regardless of what form he takes, then he'll be freed from the Fey realm and able to return with her. Mm -hmm. So there's something about what you're saying about even though we are going through these metamorphoses, there is something essential that is is um, authentic about who we are. Can we still recognize ourselves through our own metamorphosis and change? Yeah. And maybe not even still recognize ourselves, but can we recognize ourselves? Maybe parts of us that we haven't explored or don't even know are there. Yeah. Can we recognize ourselves in that in that element in this yeah way i think that's much more precise yes hmm. yeah because the who we are isn't unchanging mm -mm. because because who we are isn't separate from our form it's informed by our form if i were a dog right now if nothing else i'd be walking on four legs my perspective of the whole world would be different Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Well, uh, let me give you the last two, and maybe you can uh, sense something in them. Okay. Because, uh, part, uh, part part of me wants to personalize these two and I'm not really sure that's the energetic, but I guess if that's my first feeling, then I at least go with it for a minute. <laughs> um, so one is lying on top of the other. So 
sometimes I see that as they're connected. Sometimes I see it as this is, they're connected in some way. Right. Okay. So, I, you know, whatever the fuck that means, one stops the other from happening or this has to happen before this happens. I, you know, it just kind of depends on uh, the situation. So uh, what I have is Dagaz, um, rune of transformation, but more of like day into night. So it's, it's a passage of time, um, like the infinity symbol. You're constantly on this cycle, right? So um, that makes the second rune of transformation within this spread or this casting. Uh, it's on top of Hagalaz. And Hagalaz is the rune of hail. Uh, it connects to Hel or Hela. Uh, it connects to ancestors, uh, which has been coming up a lot for me. Um, it connects to um, the realm of the dead. Um, it connects to also this concept of, uh, you know, being prepared, understanding that if something is coming, uh, like if a storm's, I know I've used this before. If a storm's coming and you see it, you know, your choice is to take shelter or stay out in it. And so there's something uh, along those lines with that too. So um, in terms of this, of this casting and in terms of our question, um, I maybe would like to know what you're uh, picking up uh, energetically from from that, because there, there's something in me that says I'm too close to see it. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's interesting. You and I both had uh, visits with family. Um, and, um, and I keep hearing that you are what you eat. And to me, how that's translating, because it's not, I don't mean that especially, uh, it feels more to me like it's important to be connected with the ancestors. Um, a lot of our traditions, the way that you and I talk about our traditions a lot are we connect with the ancestors in order to gain perspective and to, um, uh, ask for their help. However, um, there are also things that come from my ancestors that I go, good God, I don't want to perpetuate that. Yes. And I think that there is something about having the perspective that um, we need to be aware that our ancestors are neither wholly good nor wholly bad. So it's not something that we, we only draw strength. We also draw pain. We also draw caution. We also draw, okay, this is, this is, um, it's kind of like when you can get a window into your past, you can kind of see that if you don't develop awareness and, and create your own choice, there is a trajectory that your life is on. And if you are not connected with your ancestor, your, your ancestors, you're kind of free floating. You can't see what that is. But when you connect, now you can bring the power of your own choice of um, what do I want to perpetuate? What do I need to really do a lot of that reflective looking in the mirror of what am I unconsciously perpetuating simply because it is a longstanding pattern that I need to bring my 
uh, awareness and the power of my choice too. Mm-hmm. And it fe- it feels a little bit like that. You know, you are what you eat. It, you know, we already have these things that have gone into making up who we are. We don't come into the world as blank slates, but neither are we, um, <clears throat> well, we'll talk about destiny. Neither are we completely destined or victims of where we come from. Um, that, that's the resource, the information that we come in with, but we still have the power of our choice about what we do with it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, maybe that's the food for the fire, the fuel for the fire to, uh, you know, taking the, those things, uh, digesting them, uh, burning them, allowing them to go up into, you know, to connect to the, the sky realm to air. Um, and those are, uh, that's where we can pull uh, the fuel from. I hope that made sense. (laughs) I think it did make sense. I think it's all about, um, uh, you know, I had um, a session with someone a few days ago and their biggest question was, um, I, I want to be more aware of what are some of the issues I need to clear in my ancestral line." And it was funny that they said that. And my immediate thought was, well, what's most problematic for you about your ancestral line? It's like those things that are most problematic, that's how they identify. This is the thing that you can transform. This is the thing that you have the power tools, perspective and ability to transform. And that when you bring healing or transformation to it, you also offer that new perspective uh, to your entire ancestral line. Um, and the way that we worked with it magically is I was suggesting go into meditation and just like you would imagine going up into your branches and looking which branches need to be pruned because they're overcrowding the hole or they're creating too much burden of life that the root system can't support, turn it upside down. What of the roots, what little branches on the roots need to be pruned because they're dead and dying? And if you don't cut them off and release them so that they can transform into something else, then what it does is start to poison the root system. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is something about when when you have received something from your ancestral line, a pattern, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, if you can then align with it in a way that you say, um, well, this is a strength that I draw from, I think that actually feeds the ancestors because it's like they're offering a gift forward. Um, and when it's something that needs to be transformed because it's wounding or it's hurtful, was well, probably painful for the ancestors too. And if you can transform that and heal it, it heals the entire line. Mm-hmm. Yes. So nothing is ever, you know, completely cut away. It's it, you're always pulling from what is, uh, but you're not necessarily uh, 
pulling from what is in the form that it first showed up. You have the ability to pull from what is, throw it in the cauldron or in the forge and change it. Yeah. How do you think, how do you see, uh, this came to me while you were speaking. So uh, how do you see, well, let me start with this. I've always thought, oh, uh, using the earth to connect with the ancestors, but I've never, and I hadn't really gone deeply into or thought about how does that work in the element or connecting with the elements of air? You know, how does that work? Um, I have no idea. Well, I, I think both astrology and uh, what, and some of what I've heard from Native American traditions, uh, you know, when you look to the sky and you see the stars up there, um, a lot of traditions would look to the sky and recognize that that's, that was their ancestors. Yes. Um, I can remember being a kid and my dad would take us camping a lot and he would always wax philosophical about the cosmos. And like he would, he posed the question to us when we were like kids, I was probably 12. That star right there, see that star, that star might no longer exist. It takes so many years for the light of that star to reach us that it could have actually ceased to exist in physical form a million years ago. Yes. And I remember that completely blowing my mind. And yet um, there is something about that that I feel is really potent to what we're talking about today is that um, <clears throat> it may take so long for the information that was originated somewhere to reach to us. We're still seeing the evidence of it, even if the thing that created it has long ago ceased to be. Yeah. And so to me, when I look into the stars, that conversation with my dad is almost always present. I look up into the night sky and I actually wonder how many of these light sources actually still exist in the origin point from which they come. Wow. And I think the ancestors are kind of like that, too. There's so some of them, if we can reach far enough into our ancestral lines, um, there are things that, uh, to me, I can understand some of my present day, uh, um, both gifts and struggles with my family. If I can reach far enough into the ancestral line that I see where the pattern emerged, how it played out over time, why it was so unconscious, but it's coming to the surface now. Yes. And I think the stars do a lot of that. Um, you know, we read the stars. I'm thinking about uh, my one friend who is an evolutionary astrologer and how he talks about astrology. He really talks about it like, um, the planets aren't um, just masses of rock or whatever. He really talks about it in the archetypal language. Like they have energetics that are like personalities and they have relationship to one another. So when you look at the night sky, he can kind of say, 
this is who's out on stage tonight. This is the play they're showing us. This is the energetic that they're communicating to us. It's very personal in that way. It's one of the reasons why uh, I like him. I like his approach to astrology. I, uh, I've i had an, uh, what they considered the person who gave it to me, an evolutionary uh, astrology reading. And it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the concepts of it and how, what it entails, I really love. So I know you and I have spoken about this, but um, uh, I'm hoping that uh, moving forward, you guys who are listening, we are from time to time going to be inviting somebody who uh, we love and who um, also does what we do into our conversation. So every once in a while, we'll have a guest. And uh, I'm hoping, we've talked about, I'm hoping that this gentleman uh, is going to join us because I think it would be fantastic for uh, us to to uh, explore his perspective on a question that we're divining about uh, uh, his perspective about about it from an astrology or a, an evolutionary astrologer's perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, that he is definitely on the guest list. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Yeah, he's. I'm excited about that. We just have to send the invitation to the party. Yes. Yeah, because he's already on board. Yeah. We already know that. <laughs> yeah. Whether he knows it or not, he's on board. Exactly. <laughs> um, wow. Well, uh, thank you for that discussion today. That was, uh, I think that we've, uh, well, I've walked away with quite a few, I am walking away with quite a few um, different ideas to look into and to ponder as to how to, uh, you know, how to, to best uh, work with and work in this uh, element of air that we've now moved into. Yeah. Uh, some things that I hadn't thought of uh, at all. And so I am super, uh, I'm super excited about that. Me too. I'm also really curious that uh, today it felt a lot more meandering than it has in the last couple of weeks. And yep. I'm wondering if, uh, like, I'm just going to hold in the back of my mind the question of, do I start to see kind of an arc of, um, it's a little more dispersed and we're meandering a little bit more as uh, as we're crossing the threshold into a new element and that as we get closer to its descent, do we come to know it in a more crystalline way that it then disperses again as we shift? Um, Cause it felt like the last couple of episodes, I felt really, really clear about the element of earth and, and where we were and what it had to teach us. And now I kind of feel that place of, you know, when you're trying to learn something new and you feel a little bit unsure and you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, it's really interesting because we got really into the, into the element of earth and it's almost, you know, like it, it did, I, I don't, I don't know if I quite saw it as much as like the, like a kind of waxing and waning of the moon, Yeah. but it's almost like it built up to, uh, the peak wasn't in the middle of the season of earth. It was at the end. It was right before it, it set. Yeah. Which was interesting because I, I kind of would, would have imagined um, in my whatever that the peak would have been in the middle and then, it, you know, it wanes and then, you know, air kind of takes over. But it really peaked right 
right at the end. Yeah, I think that that might be an interesting thing to play with a little bit is is the energy at its peak, but what that means or what we make of it doesn't become clear until right before it sets. Yes. Yeah, our, I'm just he, gonna I'm gonna hold that in the back of my mind. Yeah, I just noticed like this felt like a kind of a repetition of when we started in the element of Earth. I felt that kind of being a little bit lost and it was a little amorphous. Um, and the last few weeks, it's felt a lot more clear. So I, I I'm just wondering if that's part of the arc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we will continue to. Uh, map that on graph paper is what I was about to say. <laughs> um, but you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Can continue to take note and get to know it in, in those terms. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you all don't forget that if you're loving what we do, uh, hit like and subscribe or like and follow on um, Spotify or Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Google Cast. Uh, there's a ton of them out there. And uh, also, if you uh, would love to, we are on Facebook as well. Uh, you can also connect with us by going and emailing us at webofresonancepod at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And as always, thank you for listening and have a great week. Have a good week.